In this week's episode, we expose, address, and silence your inner critic. Bringing hope and healing. It's your source for personal growth, mental health, and interesting ideas. Thoughtful Mind with Svee. Here's your host, Svee Hilsenrath. And welcome back to Thoughtful Mind with Svee. I'm your host, Svee Hilsenrath. I'd like to take a moment and thank everyone for listening. This week, my gratitude goes out to the people of Littleton, Colorado. Thank you for everyone listening in Littleton, Colorado. This week, we're going to be talking about our inner critic. We're going to get into what it sounds like, what is it, when it pops up, what we can do about it. This is a question that I've been asked by a couple of people to address, and I also recently saw an article in Psychology Today on it. I'll put a link to the article in the show notes. And this is something I want to do address for myself as well. One of my biggest struggles is my inner critic. It's very, very strong in my head, and it's something I've not only had to deal with in the past, but have to deal with now. So everything I talk about today is very familiar to me, and it's something that I continuously work on. Let's talk about what an inner critic is. If you've ever had that voice in your head that starts telling you you've done something wrong, starts telling you you won't ever amount to anything, if you're in a conversation, starts telling you, oh, the other person doesn't like you or they are reacting bad to what you're saying, the inner critic is the voice that tries to bring you down. And it can be very insidious because the inner critic usually takes our own voice. We sound like ourselves. That may sound silly. Of course, we sound like ourselves. But, but what I mean is that the inner critic often uses our voice to express somebody else's point of view a point of view that may not even exist in reality. And the inner critic can come up in all kinds of situations. What the inner critic does is it stops you from living life. Lu Tsao said, if you are depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you are at peace, you're living in the present. And what the inner critic does is it takes you out of that present in real time. It takes you out of your life as you're living it. It robs you of your peace. It takes you out of the moment. Rather than enjoying an experience, or rather than being engaged in an experience, the inner critic takes you out of that by pointing out what's wrong as things are happening. And then later on, revisiting those things, taking you out of whatever you're experiencing at that time. So the inner critic affects us in multiple ways. First of all, it can affect our present by pointing out what's wrong right now. It can affect our present by pointing out what we've done wrong in the past, and it can affect our present by pointing out what might go wrong in the future or that there is no future. As I said, this stops us from living life because the more we get stuck between our ears, the more we get stuck in our own head. And ultimately, that's what the inner critic does. It gets us stuck in our own head. The less we're living our life and the more disengaged with the world we are. It stops us from putting ourselves out there and taking risks because if I'm so afraid of doing something wrong, Or if because of my inner critic, I don't believe there's a positive future, I won't put myself out there. I won't share myself with the world. And I definitely won't take any risks. And when I shut myself off from the world, I become a more miserable person. When I don't share the gift of me with others, first of all, I can't take in the gift of others. And also, I cut myself off from the gift of me. And so much of this is fear-based thinking. So much of the criticism is because we're afraid of something. Therefore, our inner critic kicks in. 
either to protect us from something or feeding off the fear or both. And as a therapist, I see this all the time where people might have carried this inner critic about something they've done in the past for years and years, and they're being unduly harsh on themselves. And it's amazing the amount of pain that a person can carry in their heart and in their head for years on end because they never dealt with the inner critic. And when it comes up, they try to ignore it. If we're not on top of it, we end up becoming the person we are trying to avoid becoming. We become the voice that the inner critic is. We believe what the inner critic is saying. Let's talk about a few different types of inner critic. I do believe it's important to point out there are different types of inner critic. We're going to go into a few of them now, and not all of them are negative. So, for example, a positive one might be intuition. When we talk about an inner critic, usually we're referring to a negative voice, but in the same way that a movie critic or a play critic or a music critic won't only say negative things, but will say positive things as well, too often when we think about the inner critic, we're talking about negative criticism. But the inner critic is also there to provide positive criticism, to identify strengths. But when the positive self-reflection comes, when the positive criticism comes, it usually takes the form of intuition. So it's not as obvious. It's something that we feel inside of us. When you're in a situation, for example, if you ever have that experience of you just know what the next right thing to do is and you do it, you're talking to a friend who's going through a hard time and you just know the next right thing to say and you say it and they respond well, that is an inner critic. That is the positive part of the inner critic coming in and telling you what to do next and then you do it. That's your intuition. That is a form of inner critic. That's just a positive form. Another positive part to the inner critic is understanding why an inner critic is there at all. Often the inner critic is there to protect you. There's also positive reflection. Looking back upon your past and trying to learn from your mistakes so that you don't make those same mistakes, that can be positive. That's a good thing. It becomes negative when you've gone over your past mistakes one time and now it becomes three times or 33 times or 333 times. Instead of trying to learn from it so you don't make the same mistake again, you just keep beating yourself up. That's when the positive reflection turns into negative reflection. So when you stay between your ears, when you stay in the negative thinking, and you don't take action to either not make the same mistake or to correct a mistake you've made, that's when it goes from positive to negative. Here's some more negative inner critics. One thing that often happens is judging our insides against the outsides of others. This is when a person judges their worth or their happiness or their effectiveness or their beauty or anything against what other people are showing to the world, which is always the best version. This is extremely present in today's social media world where people are able to edit and edit and edit and edit and select and select and select and select the best versions of themselves and that's what they present to the world. And what's really insidious about this is that even if you know intellectually, that this is what's happening on social media, it's hard for your emotional self not to fall for that trap. And we end up comparing our insides against the outsides of others. Now, this happens not just on social media, it happens in real life too. I had the experience recently of being in a meeting and I was very impressed with my colleague who was so calm and confident and collected. And afterwards, I told her that and she said, oh, I thought, I thought that was you. I was a mess inside. 
And I was thinking, oh, I'm the one that's a mess inside. And so both of us were doing this. We were comparing our insides against the outsides of others. Another way that we can fall for the inner critic is by putting our happiness or self-esteem in someone else's hands. This happens when we try to take the cues that the person is sending out, the nonverbal cues or the way they're talking, and we read into that too much. We spend too much time reading into that, saying, oh, they don't like me, they don't want me, they don't this, they don't that. Finding all the different ways that we can read the worst into a situation. First of all, it's probably not true. Second of all, the person is probably going through the exact same process as you. And third of all, let's say the person doesn't like you. Who says that has anything to do with you? Usually, if person A does not like person B, it has more to do with person A than person B. And you can see this in relationships all the time. Usually, when one person starts to dislike the other one in a relationship, it has more to do with the one disliking than the one being disliked. But our inner critic comes in and tries to figure out what the other person is thinking and then bases our self-worth on what we think the other person is thinking about us. And we get lost in our head in that self-criticism. And, as we said before, we then end up acting the way we think the other person thinks we are, whether or not that's based in reality, whether or not they actually think that, we end up acting that way because now we're trying to justify their thing. It's a whole, it's a roller coaster of up and down. It just leads nowhere. Another form of inner critic is a general feeling of not being enough or never going to be enough versus a specific incident. And this one's harder to pin down because it's a general feeling instead of, I did this and this was wrong. I said this thing and I shouldn't have said that. I did this thing and I shouldn't have done it. It's just a general, I'm not enough. Another way the inner critic may present itself is by bringing your past back into your present. If you have unresolved feelings or if something bad happened to you in the past and something that happens in the present triggers those memories or triggers those feelings, the inner critic might start pouring in. For example, I said something embarrassing to a distant cousin many years ago, over 20 years ago. And whenever I think about that person or when I meet his relatives, I still think about that moment. That is unresolved feelings about the past coming and affecting my future, or in this case, my present. And related to that, there's also the idea that if I've burnt myself in the past, so if I've let myself down in the past, and how do we burn ourselves? We burn ourselves when our beliefs and our values are conflicting with our actions. So we've spoken about this in the past in the Brain in a Jar episode and other episodes. If my beliefs and values go one way and my actions go another way, I create friction within myself. I create psychological self-harm. And if I keep doing that, I'm going to end up changing my beliefs and values based on my action. And when I do that, when I act against my beliefs and values, I'm burning myself. What's worse about it is, Because the inner critic loves our attention. The inner critic is a part of us that just loves attention. When we're happy and when we're satisfied with ourselves, the inner critic will choose those moments to jump in and remind us about the time that our actions conflicted with our beliefs and values. Look what a horrible person you are to yourself. Another way you might have an inner critic is to take things out of proportion. So for example... I was driving recently in Brooklyn and I misread some traffic signals and I was supposed to go left. I went straight. 
There was a cop right there, pulled me over, got a ticket. I mean, it was totally deserved because I did break the traffic laws. But then what happens is the inner critic comes in and says, you are a horrible person and you've just done the worst thing in the world and you've let yourself down and you knew better and on and on and on, just piling on and on and taking me out of the experience that I was having. And what happened? I misread a traffic signal. I got a ticket. It's not the end of the world. No puppies died. These things happen. Doesn't make me a bad person. But the inner critic comes in and blows things out of proportion. Now, the inner critic is tied to low self-esteem, and it's also tied to the imposter syndrome. And both of those things we'll cover in later episodes, but it's not exactly the same. They're connected, but it's not exactly the same. And one of the worst things the inner critic does, as I said before, is it takes us out of the present, and it takes us out of what Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi used to call flow. Flow is that feeling you get when things are going right and you're accomplishing or you're engaged in life. Csikszentmihalyi would say that flow is when your skills and your challenges are in perfect balance. So you are doing something that's a little hard, but you are confident you'll be able to do it. But it's also when you spend time with friends and you're enjoying yourself and just things seem to go. Or when you're at work and you just know what to do next and you do it. When you're in a relationship and things just seem to be moving, that is flow. That is living. And the inner critic will come in and disrupt that. And this can also be why it can be so hard when, let's say you cook a meal for a bunch of people and nine people tell you that it's wonderful. and One person tells you that it didn't taste so good. You might have had the inner critic the entire time inside your head that's been criticizing your cooking. And so when that one person says that negative comment, they're connecting with something inside of you. The 10 people gave you a compliment, but the one person connected to that voice inside your head. And that's why in situations like that, people so often feel that that one negative comment was the only real one. It's because it connects to something inside of them that they've already felt. Now, why do we have an inner critic? Now, part of it may be a result of upbringing of a parent that was either too critical and too controlling or the opposite way, not critical or controlling enough, giving no direction. And so the child ends up becoming a parent to themselves and the inner critic is born out of a need for direction, but becomes too strong. It also might be an environment. If a person is in an environment that is unhealthy for them, that helps the inner critic grow. But it's also important to point out that people are born with certain personalities. That's just the way their brain is. And often there's very little to do about it outside of learning to live with it and how to deal with it. But as far as changing that, on a certain level, a person can't. Another reason we might have an inner critic is because we're trying to prevent outside criticism. And so before anybody else can point out our flaws, we point them out to ourselves and try to address them. Now, first of all, this is extremely exhausting and stressful because you're constantly trying to work to prevent something. And just to point out, the thing you're trying to prevent may never come. And if you do something well, you don't feel good about it because you're just pushing off the inevitable. Inevitably, somebody will criticize you. It might not be the person you expect. It might not come from the direction you're expecting. But there's a feeling that it's always just around the bend. And the inner critic comes and tries to address it before somebody else can. It's like trying to hold up a leaky dam with all that water pressure pushing down on you, and you're trying to hold it up. 
And every time there's another little crack, you try to move your hand to cover it, but then another crack is open, another crack is open, and there's all this pressure, and that's exhausting, and that's stressful. And so the inner critic is trying to do something good, it's just doing more harm in the process. In a different episode, we're going to talk more about Sigmund Freud and the genius of his ideas, but I do want to talk briefly about his idea of the id ego and the superego. So Freud believed that the psyche was made up of three parts, the id, which is the animalistic pleasure center, the superego, which is the very cold, very logical, always believing that it knows what the right thing to do, and ego, which is trying to balance the two of them. And the inner critic can be when our superego gets out of control. So many people are familiar when the id gets out of control, that's when we fall to our base natures and just go after pleasure with no thinking about the consequences. But the superego is the exact opposite. The superego is thinking only about consequences. The superego is trying to nitpick everything. The superego is very, very critical. That's why the superego is not considered the best in Freud's way of thinking. You need the ego to balance between those two. And the superego is that inner critic out of control. All right, what are we going to do about the inner critic? So first of all, ignoring it won't work. And not only won't ignoring it work, but ignoring it will actually make it stronger, give it more power. Because the more you try to ignore it, the more effort the inner critic puts into getting your attention. And so when you ignore the inner critic, you actually give it more power. And it's also like that cliche of trying not to think of pink elephants. As soon as somebody says that, you can't help but think of pink elephants. So you can't ignore the inner critic. Okay, now that we're not ignoring the inner critic... Let's take a moment and think about what the inner critic is saying. Is there something valid to it? Is it a positive reflection? If it is, then listen to it and follow what it says. Maybe it'll help you not make the same mistakes again, but usually it's not positive. So one thing you can do is you can listen to it, acknowledge it, and thank your brain. So for example, you're in a conversation and your brain says, oh, this person doesn't like what you just said. This person doesn't like you. You listen to it, you acknowledge it, thank you brain, and then go on with what you were doing. So you're not ignoring it, you're giving it the attention it deserves, which is brief, and then moving on with what you're doing. And sometimes it takes a few tries of thanking your brain for this information, and eventually your brain will stop. Another thing we can do is externalize. Externalize the inner critic. Say, this is what my inner critic is saying. Or, as we spoke about in the past, part of externalization is giving a name. I had a client who gave his inner critic the name Archibald. And every time the inner critic would start talking, he'd say, that's Archibald talking. I don't have to listen to Archibald. Again, not ignoring it, noticing it, and moving on with his life. You can use humor. You can make a joke about it. And this is especially helpful when you use it in conjunction with the next thing, which is sharing your inner critic with others. So you can call up a friend and say, look, this is what my brain is telling me. And you make a joke about it. My brain says the most ridiculous things. Part of sharing with others is listening to what they have to say. What the inner critic does is it traps you in your own head. And any way you can get out of your own head is a way that you will silence the inner critic. Maybe I'll call up a friend, I'll share what my inner critic is saying, I'll make a joke about it, and then I'll say, well, what do you think? And either the person will agree or disagree with my inner critic. Usually, my friends point out that I'm being unduly harsh on myself. 
But maybe my inner critic has a good point, and leaving the judgment of that up to somebody else, somebody who's not so emotionally invested in my own problems and my own misery and my own negative self-reflection, giving that over to somebody who has a little distance from what's going on between my ears is one way to validate my inner critic and at the same time silence it because I'm creating distance between my thoughts and me. This brings us to another point, which is one of the reasons why it's so hard to deal with the inner critic, because we as people have a tendency to believe that everything that happens in our minds, every thought we have must be the truth just by the fact that we have it. It feels real because it's in our head, but our thoughts are the product of our all-too-human brain. One thing we might want to do is look for the other truth. Your inner critic is trying to tell you what I'm saying is the truth. Probably not. There's probably another truth out there, another way to look at the world besides the thoughts that you have. And using externalization, sharing with others, those are all forms of self-distancing, of taking yourself away from your own thoughts. Another form of that is to talk to yourself in third person. So, for example, with the traffic thing, instead of listening to my inner critic and saying, oh, I'm the worst person in the world. I can't believe I did that. That was so ridiculous of me to do. I knew better. I could start changing my thoughts and start thinking, well, Tzvi knew better. Tzvi shouldn't have done that. And as soon as I separate the I shouldn't have done that to the Tzvi shouldn't have done that, or instead of I should have known better, Tzvi should have known better. Instead of saying I shouldn't have made such hasty judgment while driving, I can say Tzvi should not have made such a hasty judgment while driving. And as soon as I can separate it and put it in the third person, it's easier for me to disengage from it and hear how ridiculous those thoughts are or to see the positive in those thoughts. But either way, it doesn't become so personal. It doesn't feel so attached to me. I don't feel like those thoughts are necessarily the truth because it's not me talking to myself. Now I'm talking to the third person. And so it's really important to remember that just because you have a thought in your head doesn't make that thought true. And this is especially true when it comes to the inner critic. We're usually harder on ourselves than we need to be. Whether it's because that's where our brain is made, whether it's old voices from our past talking to us, whether it's us connecting to a time when we burnt ourselves, or whether it's us trying to preempt outside criticism from coming, all of these things are us being too hard on ourselves. So put some distance between you and these thoughts. Externalize them, make a joke about it, share it with others. And don't be afraid to be patient with yourself. All of these techniques take time to be effective, especially to be effective in the long term. If you've been listening to your inner critic for a long time, if you've been living with your inner critic for years, give yourself time to learn to live with it in a positive way. These techniques work, but they work cumulatively. It takes time and effort for them to work on a grand scale. So don't be surprised if you thank your brain, for example, for your inner critic thoughts, and then they're back in a few minutes. That's normal. So please give yourself time to heal from the inner critic. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen over time if you're consistent with working on these techniques. As always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Just yesterday, somebody sent me a text with a picture of their gratitude journal. that They started keeping gratitude journal after listening to the gratitude episode. 
When people send me messages like this, it helps me silence my own inner critic because it reminds me that we're all here to help each other. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can do so through email, thoughtfulmindpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit the website. You can call 732-523-0061. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions that I can answer, as I said, we're going to be having a Q&A episode coming up. I'm very excited about that. Thank you to everyone that's been sharing these podcasts on social media. I truly appreciate it. It's a way of helping me reach others that I wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So thank you. And thank you to everyone that's been sharing with their friends in real life. Now remember, don't listen to your inner critic. Go out, believe in yourself. <laughs>